D-backs player Walker. The Skywalker one? Yeah. Yeah, like I have Skywalker the same one. The force push it. Yeah. His is all busted up because he let students play with it. But. Well, I picked up the Jedi Devers one actually in Boston and traded it after a game and then realized that it didn't have the bat. So it kind of got hosed. But I had a bunch of old, like, 90s bobbleheads um, that ended up mistakenly getting thrown into a dumpster and shattering. So that was fun. That's not good. Yeah, not great. All right, Mr. Sheets, thank you for being guest number one on this. Uh, MTV reporter Austin Schroeder requested to do the interview, and I know we wanted to talk to you about a couple of things, but definitely get into esports and video games and things like that. I'll let Austin kind of get started and take over and go from there. Yes, you're an ex-student, right? Yeah, so I spent all four years here. It was all right. a long, long time ago. <laughs> what graduating class were you? Uh, class of 2014, so 2014. Uh, same class as Miss No, who's also helping coach esports. Yeah. What was different about Millennium then? Is it just like different school? Oh my gosh, um, so much. So the Tigers Den didn't exist my first couple of years <laughs> here. Um, it was a welding and like agriculture room for the FFA. They tore that down, um, got rid of welding. I think they gave all the equipment to another campus. Yeah. Um, and then they built a T building my junior year. I want to say so. Like those are like new to me as a student. And then when I came back as a teacher, um, I think the culture of the campus is wildly different. We used to have something called sweep, where all teachers that. would like lock yeah. the doors, and if you weren't in class, security came by, everybody got detention. Um, and you used to only be able to eat Tiger's Den, cafeteria, or out in that courtyard. You couldn't be anywhere else on campus. And they're kind of doing a reversion back to that, which I think is probably for the best, because people are all over campus and nobody knows where they're at right now so no i noticed the same thing when i go back and look at like old episodes of mtv just to see how the inside of buildings was different like yeah. even this l building there used to be graphics on the walls um different yeah, different carpet in the summer yeah no it's kind of crazy to see that transformation occur uh, another weird thing i guess is uh our school is pink like very very light salmon pink colored on the outside and i think it was just from the sun fading the paint over time yeah but when I came back and the school was tan, it was a it was a change of pace. A little paint job <laughs> yeah. for the outside. That's interesting. That, yeah. Yeah. Millennium was a pink school. So you said the culture change. What do you mean by that? Um, there's a lot of things. So I think right now there's a big hearkening back to the '90s and like people are nostalgic for, uh, especially your generation. I see a lot of '90s shirts and clothes and stuff hearkening back to a generation in an era before the internet and cell phones and stuff. And so, like, my generation here was that transitional period of millennials where, like, I was, I literally just looked through the yearbooks yesterday, and some of the senior quotes were about how much they loved their iPhone 4S because they loved, <laughs> you know, phone calls and texting and the news. And, like, nobody talks about their cell phones like that anymore. And right. it was like, oh, what was it? Android X something? And, um, you know, the big thing was I love talking to my friends on the phone and texting and stuff, and everything's like, be real this and Snapchat right. story that. And it's the culture's changed like generationally. You guys, as uh, Gen Z, like grew up with the internet and iPhones and tablets just existing already. Um, and so it's interesting for myself, and I, I hopefully, you know, speak for others in my generation here that we were that transitional phase and we get to see kind of both sides of that coin. And I feel like we're almost more nostalgic for that pre like modern tech era, if you will. Well, I think you're starting to see it too, like even on campus, to pull back to get students more engaged on campus, more involved on campus, on campus, at events on campus, just trying to pull out of that 
virtual reality mindset essentially yeah you can't stay locked on a screen 24 7 and like a lot of people probably think that's ironic as the esports coach but for real like we spend way too much time looking at screens when i my first couple of years teaching here i didn't even have a cell phone um so like i got a taste of that re like reality i guess again i mean i guess having phones and social media and stuff is the reality now but um i don't know something about the nostalgia for the era before like i said that feels more genuine feels more real I got into the classroom in 2014 and the one-to-one students having their own laptop, students having their own Chromebook was like new. That yeah, was, so that was started, just starting. I graduated 14 and then I think it was the year 14, 15 is when they started that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, it's interesting just the progression of technology over time. I mean, my freshman year was the first year we had covered, you know, solar panel parking spots that never existed before that. And so that was kind of the thing for my four years. Like, wow, we got solar panels. That's so cool. And then it was like, oh, the people after us got Chromebooks. Cool. They get laptops. And <laughs> we got textbooks. Fun. That's fun. <laughs> so I still have a bunch of textbooks actually in my classroom kind of to pay homage or on a rainy day when there's no internet. Yeah. Um, if we need to pull something up, I, I usually will put on a backup spot. Plan. But it's there just in case. Well, that backup plan is important because – you know, if the internet does go, what are you doing for education that day? Yeah, exactly. If your plan was just, you know, something on GimKit or Blookit or a Pear Deck and you can't. I mean, that was my struggle for those years that I didn't have a cell phone and didn't have a hotspot. What do I do? Sometimes I was fortunate because we used to have those loaner Chromebooks. Yeah. A lot of the teachers did. Or sometimes a student, uh, the old Chromebooks had the HDMI port, so that was nice. Um, but, yeah, nowadays, uh, without those and if you didn't have a hotspot, yeah, you'd be out of luck if you don't have a backup plan, don't have something physical. Yeah, we're so dependent on the internet now. It's, like, needed for everything in school, too. Yeah, which is insane. Like, I remember, you know, history teachers having us pull out, you know, the almanac and stuff like that, the world books, you know. Um, and I can't imagine a day, like, I, I don't ever have a day that I intentionally plan for us to do that because the internet is such a valuable resource that has so much more information than they could ever print in any of those books. So, right. Yeah. A and lot of it useless. And consistent, lot, lot of it. And consistently updated, too, which is yeah, something that the textbook sorry. doesn't. You mentioned eSports, though, and I know that that's something that we wanted to spend a majority of time on and talk about. Um, I mean, it's a fairly new sport, right? This is year three? This two. is our second year on campus with Millennium. It's been in the state for, I think, five years now. Okay. Um, so... Our first official season was last spring, and it went really well. Um, it was hectic. It was, you know, very I was kind of very quickly thrown into it all, set up the program, tryouts, and then, like, we had game day within, you know, a couple of weeks. There wasn't a lot of, like, preseason prep time. Right. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I think something that's unique uh, about eSports, aside from the obvious that it's video games, like something that's unique to it um, – in the you know, coach-athlete relationship is that the students inherently are going to have way more time and experience in any of these video games than I am uh, and that any high school level coach is going to have in eSports. And while I've played all the games that you know, our students play on the eSports team, you know, um, we've got to go home, we've got a grade, we've got a lesson plan, I've got kids. So all that time that I spend doing that thing, they spend still playing the game. Right. So they're getting better and better and better. And so that's kind of really neat to see. So do you like video games? Are you like outside of esports? Do you play a lot? Yeah, so I uh, am a mega nerd for sure. Um, 
I, my first like computer games were on like Windows 98 um, on a home computer at home. So like PC gamer for life, I guess. I grew up playing um, on the Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, and then original Xbox and PlayStation 1 and 2, Xbox 360. I've had almost every like major console that's been out since you know I was born. So I've been playing games my whole life. Um, it hasn't always been like a core focus or anything of mine. Um, I did play a lot of like physical sports growing up as well. I played tennis for a long time, soccer, I did taekwondo. So there was a lot else going on, but I really started embracing gaming in high school. Um, and a lot of the games that our team plays actually came out while I was in high school. So that's kind of cool because I was, you know, there when they were first becoming a thing and first when esports first started blowing up, you know, League of Legends started having these big jackpots, um, you know, millions of dollars more than. Um, like a couple of the most recent jackpots um, in the past five, six years, the contest winners for League of Legends and Fortnite make more money in the world championships than like Tiger Woods has ever made at the PGA. Blows my mind. Well, that's what's crazy is, I mean, even your generation growing up, I mean, I'm sure your parents told you more than once, you know, you're not going to make any money playing video games. Yeah, or, away from the screen, stop yeah, playing games, And that's all literally that. the exact opposite. Yeah. It's kind of the same with Uber. Like That was the first thing, actually. I'm, I The first thing when I found out, you know, I'm going to be coaching the esports team, literally called both my parents and said, you said I was going to never make any money playing video <laughs> games. Look at me now. That's funny. Yeah, that's exactly how that conversation went. So I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot that moment. No, it's something I think about a lot. Like, and I was talking – the other day, just like Uber, for example, like when we were growing up, don't get in the car with strangers. And now we, yeah, I'll take a ride from this random person to the airport at 10 o'clock on a Friday. Like yeah. it's, it's just normalized. And now you do is verify their name. Right. Digital hitchhiking. Yeah. That's a good um, way to put it. And I, where was I? I was driving. We had a vacation to California a week or two back and there's signs on the side of the road that say like no hitchhiking. And I was like, dang, like I don't even think of like the concept of hitchhiking anymore. It's because true. you've got Uber, you've got Lyft, you've got like um, you interact with strangers on a daily basis. Yeah, almost. exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. It's so normalized. I remember, you know, stranger danger. Don't talk to people on the right. internet. And like now, I mean, sure. Like growing up playing on Xbox Live and stuff, you you know, yeah. already exposed to that. Um, don't talk so to I people think on the internet. That's the process of the normalization, I think. And now it's you know, Twitter and TikTok and everything. Like even students that I you know, are like big into Twitter, most of the people they talk to on Twitter, they've never met in their life and they have no idea who they are, what their actual name is. And that's such an interesting an interaction concept to me. Through a common like, interest. Yeah. Because once again, like I think my generation, like millennials, are still very much so like Facebook and Instagram and it's still mostly people we know. Yeah. Like 95% of them. And then there's a couple that are like influencers. Um but mostly for us, it's people that we know. And I think the newer generations, it's just all these internet circles that you guys get integrated in. And it's, it's kind of fascinating. Like, I don't get how that happens. Like, how are there these independent communities on Twitter, these circles that just know each other and found each other? How does that work? Like, right. my Smash players, like, there's a Smash community local to Arizona, and they just all follow each other on Twitter. Don't know how they figured each other out, but it happened. Well, it's back to your previous point, just about the tool that the internet brings, like, and what it can be utilized for, just that social connection in some aspect. You mentioned um, the, the games that eSports plays you also played. What is, like, the gaming choices for eSports? What do you guys compete in? So the only three, we, there's pl technically plenty we could compete in. 
Um, but the only three we do, because they're the ones that are AIA sanctioned, are uh, Rocket League, League of Legends, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. All right. Um, I had not played Smash Ultimate, but I had played the other Smash games before it, so I was loosely you know, familiar with the concept. I had never played it competitively. Um, Rocket League I got pretty big into when it came out. Um, and that must have been either close to the end of high school, maybe right after 2014, 2015-ish. League of Legends, that game has been out forever. Um, and I've got a bunch of buddies that like played it religiously. Um, and so they, you know, roped me into playing it. I never got as like you know invested in that game as they did, but I enough to like get the core concepts, I understand the game, and but that's one of those games that you know the meta or the, the gameplay has shifted so much over time with all the updates, which is something I guess that's unique to esports really. Like sure the NFL or NBA can push out a rule change, but it's never going to be as game breaking or shifting or changing, you know, as a video games update where the whole thing, every champ or equipment or whatever changes. Is there any game that you're like really into the soundtrack for? Ooh, um, that's tough. I listen to so many different varieties of music, video game soundtracks among them, but you know, I listen to like rap, country, rock, whatever. Video game soundtracks. Um, my esports kids know that I'm like a diehard Final Fantasy nerd, so Final Fantasy seven and ten are big for me. Um, I like Skyrim, so obviously I'm kind of into the fantasy RPG kind of stuff. Is that you play RPG games? Yeah, I do play a lot of RPGs. Red Dead, um, I think, has a pretty solid soundtrack. A lot of it's like more um, like ambient, though. I'm trying to think of like one solid video game soundtrack. There's so many. Um, Oh, oh, I got it, I got it. Hands down, um, the original three Halo games have the best oh, soundtracks yeah, of all definitely. time. Hands down. Uh, Martin O'Donnell composed them. He's got to be the most legendary video game composer of all time. Yeah, sure. Doom had a really good composing in it, too. Doom's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah, they had, like, an orchestra of metal singers. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I um, actually use the Doom soundtrack in class when we do, like, review games. There's... Um, there's one called Boss Battle where you pick one student against the rest of the class, and I play the Doom soundtrack to hype them up and make it more intense. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Um, spring sport, right, for eSports? Yeah, so official season's in spring. We technically play in fall, but it's like off-season exhibition. It's still organized by the AIA Generation eSports, but it doesn't count towards seeding. There's no playoffs, no championship. So what does like, that preparation or fall practices look like? Are we just you know, showing up every day and improving our gameplay, or are we constantly competing with other schools, perhaps? Yeah, so every team has two required days per week they have to show up. So we, um, we've we got five teams. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so we've got uh, Varsity and JV Smash, Varsity and JV Rocket League, and then we've got a Varsity League of Legends. Okay. And so they each show up on their given two days. One day is solely a practice day that they're here right after school until 5 p.m. And then the second day, half of it's practice day where it could be – we do VOD review, like we use Huddle, the same program that like football and the other sports are using to go back and look at here's how this game went, here's what the opponent did, what we could have done. Um, so we do some VOD review. Um, we do a lot of like discussion and debrief because the best thing we can do is reflect and talk it out and figure out where we could improve. Yeah. And then, yeah, game day is always at 4. Now they moved it to 4.15. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, so it's mostly practice for one full day, practice for half of the second day, and then, and then it's game time. And so fall, 
Um, it's totally random who it match makes us against. It's another Arizona high school. Okay. Um, but it's not like skill based in any way. And so the idea is in spring, as more games are played and they figure out, you know, this school is, their team's like diamond tier, this school's gold tier, and they start trying to pair us with like skilled schools. That's a lot better for us because then we can be more constructive with our reflections because there's some weeks where we like totally dominate against another school and there's not a lot we can say that we can improve on because we didn't really – it wasn't a fair match. So you are in tier status based on performance. Yeah, or? so the at least at a, at a team-wide level, yeah, I would say like Rocket League, you know, there's you know different levels of Grand Champ and um, – the goal of the league is to start matching us by skill level. Interesting, because that's kind of the opposite of athletics everywhere else. Right. Like our football team, basketball, we have set opponents to play at this level. Whereas you, you're going to go, if your team's performing at the high level, they're going to put you with high-level performing teams. Yeah, so that's how, that's how it worked last spring. There's been talk. There was a lot of restructuring, actually, in the sport over the summer. And I was on the like, AIA's committee managing some of that restructuring. Um, so there's talk that there will be like 12 team divisions, like divisions of 12 teams across the state. Um, yeah. So try to chunk us up into as many divisions of 12 teams as possible that are a combination of teams that are local to kind of instill that rivalry. Right. But also close in skill level. And I think part of that has to do with like school population because inherently the more students you have, the bigger pool you have. And that's going to be a likely to be more skilled players okay so how's the, like the season been going like is it a really good season are they getting a lot of wins yeah fall's been going pretty strong um millennium stays winning i'll put it that way we're uh, in the top five on like all of the leaderboards um across across the league smash um and rocket league and that goes for both our varsity and jv teams they're both you know staying at the top um same like last season so actually all the teams we had last season made it to playoffs um, Smash made it to uh, semifinals, so yeah, we're uh, we're holding strong. Is there um, like you mentioned, you know, the gameplay? Is there how do new like is there a possibility for new games to get added or different like platforms? Maybe like hey, let's go mobile, let's go to this system and see kind of what games are available on this platform. Yeah, yes. what games are allowed so far too? Because I know some probably aren't. Yeah. So aside from like Rocket League, Smash, and League of Legends, like there technically are other games you can play in, but because they're not AIA sanctioned, can't do varsity lettering, stuff like that. So um, there is a process to get the AIA to approve it, but we want to be careful on which games we do. We don't want to expand so many, yeah. so, because then like, all right, these 10 schools do this game, these ten, the league would just be you know in shambles. Oh, uh, okay. Um, because every school would have different interests. I mean, League of Legends is so old that it's kind of like the dying breed of esports right now. Um, and so we're looking to expand, and the game that is pending approval, or at least the draft... Um, there's talks approval. of it. Yeah, there's talks. I know that there's a draft in the works, and it's supposed to be submitted to the AAA pretty soon. It's for Overwatch 2. Ooh. Um, so that'll be pretty awesome, and the hope is that that gets approved, and we'll have it by next year. Yeah, I know a lot of other states are playing uh, Overwatch right now, too. Yeah, we could, technically, right now, um, but... Once again, because it's not AI approved, I just don't want to invest too much time into it uh, until it is. Um, and also, like, there's just a general stigma against that genre of game right now, and so that's part of why we're starting with Overwatch. We're hoping we can kind of push the envelope there and start proving some of the science behind video games. So fantasy violence is okay for now? 
Um, if we get Overwatch going. Yeah, so they are clearly okay with League of Legends, which has some of that. Yeah, Smash um, too, which Smash is a physical well. yeah. violence. And so um, I guess the thing is, is like Overwatch, it's you're in a first-person perspective, and you know that's kind of a hot-button topic nationwide right now. Um, and so if we can get that approved, that'll be awesome. And hopefully, you know, after a couple years of Overwatch being in the the school leagues, that can expand us to things like Valorant and stuff like that. In terms of like your roster for esports, um, how you how are you establishing like varsity JV? Obviously, there's going to be the the competition aspect on performance while playing, but mm-hmm. is it you know are there other aspects that you can look at aside yeah. from just the overall gameplay? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess I'll use I could use any of the teams as an example here, but um, like I make it clear even before tryouts that game skill alone is certainly not the only factor by which we're gauging our players. Um, we're gauging their individual attitudes. How do they treat one another outside of tryouts? How do they treat people when they're in the room? How do they treat people on their team? How do they treat their opponents? Um, because mentality and mindset is huge in any team sport, right? And so if you've got a player, and, and this is something we can work to overcome, like all sports, um, it's, you know, there's people that struggle with getting demoralized in, in the face of a loss. Um, and so that's not something that would rule somebody out by any means. It's just something that we take note of and, um, we take note of maybe this person has the game skill right now, but they don't have the mindset yet to be on the varsity level. And so, um, JV is that developmental team where you can, A, develop those game mechanics and technical skill to get to that varsity level. And it's also a spot where you can be like, oh, like Varsity's comms are in check. Everything they say is about the game. And sure, they can have their, you know, celebratory, you know, yeehaws or whatever. Um, but they, like, they're like 90% on the ball all the time. And then 10%, you know, they're horsing around right. being high schoolers. Um, whereas the JV team, it's the other way. It's 10% talk about the game. And the other 90%, you know, it's just like they're in a voice chat, you know, playing online. Develop, you're still developing. Yeah, they're developing that that mentality. Um, I think that's true for every sport. You know, you see football at the freshman and then JV and then, you know, varsity level, and you can see in any of our teams at Millennium that level of difference at each level. Yeah. So is varsity like football where it's only juniors and seniors? Because, or is it different because it's not a physical sport? Yeah, so we're held to the exact same standards as every other sport on campus. So, yep, junior, seniors um, are the, the varsity level. That's not to say we haven't had um, sophomores or freshmen that have been there. But you can't have a senior go play JV. Right, can't have a senior go play JV, exactly. Got you. So we've got freshmen and sophomores that are um, definitely on our, we've got freshmen and sophomores on our varsity teams that they're at that skill level and at that mentality. Um, I've got a sophomore right now who is on the Smash team, and like he goes out of his way to mentor and help other players, and like that's huge. Like that's a skill that most people don't even develop well into their adult lives. They just like take the initiative to go help someone out is is huge. What's your um? So your super your Smash Brothers varsity team. How many players is that? What's that roster? So it's the competition is a best of three. So because of that, there would normally be three necessary for the team. We like to have four for a substitute in case somebody gets sick, they've got a vacation, whatever. Um, we can always kind of we can always have a full team. And we can be ready for game day. Don't have to fork right. schedule anything like that. Um, we don't really have a hierarchy to that, like who's 
like we technically have had the role of we have team captains mm -hmm. um and we have in the past like said all right these are our starters and here's the substitute but in reality like that's that's been setting the wrong image we're actually eliminating that language entirely from the team because we rotate the entire team out everybody gets almost equal equal play time there's nobody like the word substitute inherently like almost implies some a different, kind of hierarchy. A difference in playing yeah, time. Yeah, a difference yeah. in playing time. Um, and that's just simply hasn't been true for our team, so we're just eliminating that. So with your players, they're going to be playing on, like, an account, obviously. Is that going to be a school-given account, or is that going to be personal? Because I know, like, Carter in particular has, like, a creative gamer tag. Yeah, so we've got... Um, on Smash, they play from... Everybody plays from school-owned devices. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a high school league, and so, like, there are rules on what can and can't be done uh, and used for usernames and gamer tags, obviously. So uh, on the Nintendos, it's just called, like, MHS Tigers, MHS1, because it's um, all that same Nintendo account. Whereas on our computer-based games, Rocket League and League of Legends, those players use their own actual accounts. So um, their actual, like, epic usernames um, for Rocket League or what you'll see on screen. And you can look up their stats from what they're doing when they're playing at home. Um, the same goes for League of Legends. They're using their actual accounts. And I think the merit of doing it that way um, is um, these kids that continue playing on the esports team and start playing at the college level. Uh, we had a player do that last year. Um, or go on to, like, some pro team. Um, and there's actually some students on campus I know that have played, like, um, for some pro teams or at least, like, the... I'm not sure, like the feeder team for pro level yeah. teams. Um, some exposure, though, yeah, in some exactly. capacity. So, we got a lot of small local tournaments here, too. So. Yeah, the Smash players are all over that stuff. They go like on their own initiative to local tournaments all over the state. It's crazy. I'm proud of them, though. That's uh, that's a level of commitment that I never even asked them to do, and they just took it upon themselves and like started coordinating. All right, we're going to go to GCU every Friday, and we're going to compete against like you know Arizona's top players around the state that come to GCU every Friday. And so they... Um, yeah, it's it's kind of cool that they have taken that initiative to improve. Especially if you see whether it's an athlete or a student, just the going above and beyond. So, like, um, how do people get on esports teams? Is there any, like, so, like, juniors and seniors is so new, they just got here. How are they going to be able to get on the team? Yeah, so I think one of, and I think this applies to any physical sport as well, is, like, a lot of people will have experience already. If you moved here and you're a junior and you're a senior and you've got experience playing one of these games, show up to tryouts. Even if you don't have experience playing one of these games, um, like start practicing. If you're interested in playing Rocket League, like it's free. If you're interested in playing League of Legends, it's free. Smash isn't, but it's you know it's affordable and you can get some practice in. Or there's plenty of you know uh, members of our team that I'm sure would be happy to let them play with them at lunch or something when they've got a, uh, some free time. Uh, so we do have tryouts. That's kind of one of the big misconceptions that we've been battling since we're a new program is, is it a club, is it not? It's not a club. Um, there are tryouts. You have to go through Register My Athlete and everything. Um, so you can't just show up and play. Yeah, I um, saw that. Carter was showing me he had to fill out, like, the concussion form. <laughs> yep, you got to fill out the concussion form. And I was like, oh, that's a joke. And then, like, what well, you realize, and unfortunately it hasn't, like, become an issue for us. But, like, there's players that legitimately, like, get rage at home, you know? hear stories of people breaking controllers mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, and so I get I get why they keep that now. I mean, it, it's not happening in our room, of course, but uh, I understand why that would remain. Um, so, yeah, the process is just um, 
we put out flyers, we put out posts on social media. So if you see one of those, you want to join the eSports Google Classroom. Uh, that's where we post information for tryouts. We'll be hosting tryouts actually right after winter break, first week back for all three sports again for our spring, our official season. So it'll be, what, I think it's January 14th and 15th for Rocket League and League of Legends. And then that Saturday, um, 16th, I want to say, will be Smash. All right. I know you guys got, like, a lot of social media. Can you shout out, like, the uh, the Twitch account, the Instagram account? Oh, man. Uh, so the Twitch, I know by heart for sure. It's uh, twitch.tv. And then the usernames are MHS underscore Tigers. And then the JV account is the same, MHS underscore Tigers, but with a two right after it. Um, the Instagram is MHS underscore Tigers Esports. Um, and I'll be honest, we haven't really been using the Twitter very much. I created a bot that just auto posts everything I put on Instagram onto it. Smart. So I have not looked at Twitter in a while. <laughs> and is that like Instagram account and Twitter account? Is that like student run account or is that just fully you? Yeah, so it's a combination. It's shared um, by the nature of like we have games so frequently and there's so many different teams. I can't expect one student to just, oh, I watched every single game and I know the scores. And so it's, can, it's kind of shared where like I'll, you know, um, we have a student right now, um, Nayeli, who she does a great job with Canva and like creating designs. Um, she helped make all the overlays for our stream this year and helps make some of the work posts. So, you know, right. give her feedback for scores and stuff and then uh, creates a post and then I'll upload it to the account. And then just a last uh, question. How demanding is the schedule? Like, what are you going to expect? Is it going to be like a three-day-a-week thing? Or what's it going to be like? Um, a lot more demanding from the coaching side of things, I would say, than the students just because I'm there every day for every team. Um, but for our students, uh, student athletes, they're there for the two days. So it starts after school, 2.15 until 5 p.m. Um, and if it's game day, it could go longer, um, depending on how the game's going. Um, and we do have optional days the rest of the week. So if they want to show up on off days and get some practice in, they're welcome to. But we don't require them to come more than those, those two days. So they're here about six hours, um, give or take, depending on how game day goes. Mr. Sheets, thank you very much yeah, for your presence in this conversation. So we'll have students, staff members, community members on this show throughout the entire year. So if you know someone or are interested in joining, don't hesitate to reach out. Mr. Sheets, again, thank you very much. Austin. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week.